0: Sir, the latest concepts have come in. Come now, Calliope. No need to be so formal with me. Please, call me Hithlo, or Hithy, or Hithdog, if you will. I will not. Shall I send them to your desk? Very well. Okay, let's see here. The first concept. Ah, Ares, good to see you. Hello. I bring Bum. Wow, this is... this is a disembodied head of fire. You just called it Bum, so I assume it explodes? Yes. Does it do anything else? No. Good enough for me. Approved. Next! Ah, Artemis. Or should I say Mitron. Congratulations, by the way.
1: Thank you very much. I can scarcely believe it myself. Anyway, I call this concept the Tonberry. Isn't it cute? Oh, what delightful green skin and cute little beady eyes.
0: And I love that you've given it a little robe. It's moving awfully slowly. Wait, why does it have a knife? Why, to stab, of course. Well, that checks out. Approved? (laughs) Yes! Gaia's gonna love
1: this! Glad to hear it! Next! I said next! Oh, sorry, sir. The next concept submitter said he had urgent business to take care of, but he left you this note. Well, alright, this we'll
0: just have to do. It's from Poseidon, and it just says Land Shark? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 Whew! Are you alright, sir?
0: Ah, yes. Thank you,
1: Calliope. No problem, sir. Will you be rejecting this concept? What? No, that thing was awesome. Very well. If we could turn back time, we would find a way to avert the final days. Okay, we didn't, but we at least learned what caused it. Welcome to Stormbuds. Buds. Buds, a storm of buds and...
0: timing on that down
1: yeah yeah y'all don't y'all don't even know y'all don't even know how how good i am at that intro at this point after 43 episodes this is the 43rd episode of storm buds and we are so excited to bring to you all the content you could possibly want about Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker for the time being. I am your host of Light, Jerome Barbatsis, and I am joined by my co-host of Light, Alexander Hambrock. Say hello. So we finally know what Endwalker is about. <laughs> we sure we sure know what the conflict is in Endwalker. <laughs> it's it's
0: not what I expected,
1: although I I had several guesses along the way that we'll get into, but uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This episode is the episode it is the fourth chapter of uh of Endwalker, so to speak, where we turn back the clock to Elpis, the time of the ancients, and a distant outpost, and we learn about the first incarnation of Fandaniel of the Fandaniel that we know and Hermes and and his role in the whole thing. And uh it's we Meteon. Well, Meteon, yeah. Well it we'll get to the more specifics, but First, of course, as always, I kind of want to know, you know, let's let's bring everyone in. Let's have a little casual chat about some of the side quests we've done this week. I'll start. I was going to ask if you start this week. I'll start. What do you got? I, uh, as you are all probably aware, I have been making a more of a return to streaming. And one of the games I want to talk about is very popular on Twitch.tv um, my channel is twitch.tv slash Jerome House. Just saying, just saying. Um, just, you know, slip it in there. Just you know, in make sure they in know. There. Um, I've been playing a game called Lethal Company. Yeah, you said that you played this with some friends. You said I it was this fun. with some friends. Very fun. It's a jump scare factory. It's like a, a procedurally generated roguelike <laughs> first person dungeon crawler. But instead of like, Having any sort of way of fighting back, you're just like kind of scouring for loot. There's a little bit of ways to fight back. Is it like it's a so horror nice. game or like, it's, yeah, it is, but it's also really funny because you're just like terrified and then it's just immediate laughter <laughs> every, after every time. And then, you know, you're <laughs> when you're dead, you're just like in dead chat watching all your friends, you just be like, well, and then you get to laugh at their foibles. So it's probably all I mean, it's all over Twitch, all over probably social media right now. It's all the rage. Comedy and horror two sides of the same coin. Two Who could have predicted? Who could have predicted? Um no, it's a really it seems to be a very successful game and they're constantly adding content and I can't wait to continue streaming it. Um I also I know I finished Chance of Sinar between last week and this week. Yes, yeah. how did that wrap up? How did the, you It's incredible. Like the the final moment of that game was just up it's just yeah, it hit it that hit so good. Cause all the clues is just one of those times where all the clues are there, but we we weren't looking. I wasn't looking. So oh, I, I so, so like, good. I checked out the stream a couple
0: times and I see some other stuff being played. It seemed a little like simplistic at the start, sort of like the, like it was pretty straightforward. Like mm-hmm. this glyph means this. Do you feel like it added complexity as you got uh, into yes, the of course back like back third of the game? Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. It was uh, really well paced. The only thing I will say is the stealth segments were unpleasant but temporary issues. Stop putting stealth sequences into non-stealth games. I understand what they're going for, but we already talked about that. What about you? Okay, my side quest this week. <laughs> Whoa! Is you uh, you rolled your eyes so hard? What happened?
0: The Doctor Who specials oh. that aired over the last like like they in order to kind of like make a clean break with the last few seasons of Doctor Who, which were. Not very good. Mm. Apologize to Jodie Whittaker. I think she was doing a good job with, with, with the best job she could, but she had just dog shit script after dog shit script, Holy and the show heck. kind of fell off a cliff. Wow. And so finally they were like, you know what? We're coming back, and we're bringing Russell T. Davis back, oh. and he's uh, going to lead the whole thing again, and you know what? We're going to do three special episodes, and you know who's coming back for the three special episodes? David Tennant mm-hmm. and Catherine Tate. Okay. And you, you know what? I was like... God damn it! That is an almost obscene level of fan service, but it's aimed directly at me, so I have to check it out. Okay, and I'm angry because it works. I was thoroughly entertained and had a really good time, and now I'm like, am I gonna watch Doctor Who again? Am I really gonna watch Doctor Who again? Fuck, I might. I might. I might Uh-oh. watch Doctor Who again.
1: Oh, we got some. Well, we got some Whovians. Well. Be sure to start a Doctor Who thread in our Stormbuds Discord. We have our books, movies, TV channel. You can find the link in the description. It's, the j- link pop. It's, it's just, I, I would watch. Actually, do it this time. I would watch Gage. those
0: two actors do literally anything for as many seasons of television as I wanted to. Okay. We only got three specials, but the the new the new guy, uh Nakuti, he also promises to be the most flamboyantly queer incarnation of the doctor ever, so that oh. should be fun.
1: Sexual. Yeah, let's see what goes on with that. Let's see indeed. Well, that's enough of that. That's enough distractions. We are going to get into our the meat of our bones where we last left off we were pretty much out of ideas the final days has come to uh the planet Atheris, and while people are making preparations to leave we are we the scions are going to push forward and try and find a solution for our problem and the only lead we have is of course the word elpis that the watcher gave us so and there's one person sort of person <laughs> that we can think of to ask about this 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 name and that person's name is elidibus and their soul is still sort of slowly being siphoned into the ethereal sea via the crystal tower on the first so back we, to the crystal tower yes return to the Crystarium. uh we yoink graha's spirit vessel from him so we can get into the crystal tower's innermost sanctums and we teleport to the first catch up with lena very nice Um, We kind of take the opportunity to ask her about any sort of final days happening on the first, but nothing seems to be out of place. So uh, she is going to go fetch uh, Reen for us as well, because it would be rude of us not to say hi.
0: Yeah, and so while we're kind of waiting to get into the umbilicus, check this all out, we go back into the Cristerium and we have a nice series of cutscenes in which various friends from the first who we, if you're playing this game, like, you know, as in release order, may not have spoken to in, like, over a year, multiple years at this point. You kind of catch up with them all,
1: yeah. And eventually, um, yeah. So we get Moren, Becklug, Feuill, uh, some fucking children, and then <laughs> and then Reen uh, eventually catches up with us, and we we get a quick chat with her. And she's like, "What the fuck? I can see something's happening on <laughs> for what's what's yeah, going on." Like like,
0: like her connection <laughs> to Heidlin is wavering during a recent star shower that apparently only see she she saw she she, she saw by the seashore. Mm. Um, like her connection was severed completely. Yeah. And uh, we, we tell her everything going on with the final days and everything. And honestly, her reaction is pretty measured considering that we just told her, hey, we saved your world from an apocalypse. And now a new one might be about to destroy it imminently. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know what? <laughs> focus on what's in front of you. Just focus on the problem in front of you and everything will work out. And it's like, okay, it, it's nice that we earned that level of respect. But also, nice. I would be a little scared. I think, I don't know.
1: Uh, Yeah, she's just just like, well, here we go again. I don't know. Maybe she's just too accustomed to it for one her age. But that brings us to Hope Upon a Flower, and what a long quest this one is. Uh, First of many. Yeah, we make our way for the tower and get into the umbilicus and search via the terminal for Elidibus's soul. Uh, It is found in the subterranean core, and we project his consciousness into the room um and he's like what the why am i awake (laughs) no it is actually it
0: is really interesting how differently he is characterized here now that he is sundered from zodiac or whatever like he's way more like reasonable and we can talk to him and we make points and he's like yeah i guess that makes sense i will i will do the thing that you ask or or, like it's like he he is way more of just kind of like a uh, sad guy who knows that he's kind of making his way towards a slow death.
1: Well, and- st- no, yes and no, but he, he is, he's, what he's sad about is that his, du- that now his duty is ours to bear. Right. Um, And he feels a sense of responsibility to m- seeing this through as seeing as the final days were actually Fandaniel's doing and Elidibus's job was keeping the Ascians in line, basically. Sure. Um, yep. As emissary. So, this sort of act of awakening him uh, is sort of, he sees as an opportunity to one last time fulfill his duty. So we learn that also this act of awakening him has returned some memories of his, I guess, that he's, he mentions. Um, and he learned, we learn a little bit more about the final days. I, I will say recurring
0: theme we're going to explore throughout this entire section. People either recovering old memories or losing memories they're making to explain why they didn't know things in previous parts of the game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a little suspicious, but what can you do? We learn that the final days was studied by the old, old Fandaniel, and he he's the one who came up with the solution to summon Zodiac to begin with. He points out the irony that such a noble soul would be inherited by one so consumed with self-loathing and hatred. Like modern Fandaniel. We ask him about Elpis, but he knows it is a place and not a flower, a testing facility for creation magic. And interesting, the person who assumed that title of fan was the chief of that facility so, what a coincidence what a coinky dinky dinky we can't go there though because the El- Elpis ruins are have not survived i'll tell you that much <laughs> but he remembers he has there's a sudden shift in music and tone and so like, funny. the camera dramatically cracks on him and he's like what the fuck wait you were there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like us, us, like not
0: like our old, like ancient self, like yeah.
1: our character. Presumably that person was also there, but us, we were there. He's like, I forgot about that, but now I remember <laughs> that was 12,000 years ago. Why were you there? I don't know. This, it's like he says, this doesn't make any sense, but also it, it it's true. And if it is true, the only way I can see that you get there is if I send you there right now, <laughs> because no, there's no other way. Uh, yeah, so what he's going to do is, so he's got his soul
0: power, and the crystal tower is a big old time machine, so he's going to exhaust the remaining, like, the, the last of his life force, basically, in order to slingshot a very thin version of our soul
1: back in time yes. to to help us to, in the time of the ancients. We're going to be a whisper of a presence at best, he says, which is probably good lest we butterfly effect affle- everything and fuck the timeline up. You know, they
0: say this right here and then immediately like all of this gets undone and we're just fully embodied and like interacting with stuff over there. hundred percent. It's
1: so funny. <laughs> he sends us off consuming every last mote of his essence and he's kind of, he's down to die after all this time. Um, also, his God's no longer. <laughs> yeah. He's God, so he's nothing to live for. But, hey, cool. He One last chance to do his duty. Um, okay, I, I just want to say one thing right here. Because, yes. like,
0: this is going to come up multiple times in the future. It's worth saying right now, just, like... Everyone keeps talking about how, like, we must have gone back in time in order to, like, find some way to save the future or undo things or change stuff. No one ever cons- seems to consider the possibility that maybe we're just in, like, a closed time-like curve and we just go back into the past because we always went back into the past. And, in fact, nothing we do will, like, matter and time will just continue marching onwards. I mean, which is just, like, that would be my big concern to be, like, what if what nothing I do matters? But... Mm-hmm. But everyone else is like, no, you're going to save everything by going back in time. So we go back in time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I will say that the it, the, the time travel can be. I mean, maybe we could talk about this at the at the end. But I think that this game has done a pretty good job of setting up the possibility of time travel and has the experience in talking about it, especially with the Alexander Ray. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so we know that it's. This isn't something that's like, and also with just all of Shadowbringers, but this isn't this this isn't something that is uh, completely out of place in a weird like so st- one one off Star Trek episode where they go to warp 10 and turn into slug people S- salamander like yeah to, you know, no <laughs> no it,
0: it's not that but like the alexander stuff was playing around with the idea of like what if the whole thing is actually kind of predetermined from the start and yeah. you just have to execute on the motions in order to make it happen I, I, this is not the first resonance i'm going to feel with the alexander stuff here though well, like the stuff uh-huh. later on also where like it feels like they're drawing in some of those ideas again
1: absolutely um okay so we arrive in this massive art deco building in miami i guess i don't know as a transparent tiny version of ourselves and the people here are not at all reacting to our presence we try to touch a bunch of stuff and nothing seems to work so we're just sort of trapped and we don't really know how the fuck we're gonna get back <laughs> i did not know the ancients were just people they have uh, like yes this is the first time we've actually seen the ancients as more than a shade or a husk of uh something with a mask on like they have like
0: hair and eyeballs and stuff yeah i don't know in my head i kind of thought they were just like like grays, like aliens, maybe, or oh. like something like totally, like their like, like like their shades look like.
1: I didn't realize they were just us, but bigger. <laughs> I don't know if there's there was actually any depictions of ancients as us, but bigger. Apart from we could have surmised, we could have presumed it from the existence of La Klahabrea, and uh, elitibus But then again, they inhabit people and bodies at a whim. So mm-hmm. I think Selk just happened to always want a clone of his own body <laughs> to have sure right he why he looks that. exactly the same <laughs> he, does. he does oh my god uh mm-hmm. anyway uh so uh before long two handsome gentlemen uh teleport into the building and we kind of perk our ears up they are asked by the receptionist to remove their masks in accordance with customs even though the one in red is pretty obvious at least i thought so the <laughs> One, I mistook the red mask, okay? The one with the steely golden eyes looks over directly at us suspiciously, and the pink-haired side ponytail also acknowledges our presence in a bit. Uh, the stern one, the steely golden eyes, seems a bit ignorant. Uh, so this, the, the the pink-haired one says something, you know, along the lines of, you know that's there, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, like they can they can see us they, they can, can see, see our little shade and they're like M- what is yeah, going on and, and of course one of them they're doing this whole statler and waldorf bit where one's playing dumb on purpose but he's like oh then the other one goes oh come on oh ho, 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 ho. yeah basically uh but what the most important thing is they say there's something wispy and weird here and it's the same the soul is the same color as azim and emet says hell no I don't want anything to do no, with no, that guy. Please come on. We're here on He's official. He's such business. a weirdo. We not no. <laughs> but uh, eventually, uh, Hithlodayus sort of guilts him into it. Hithlodayus is kind of that person that like will do favors only as currency, not actually as favors. <laughs> it's kind of like it's like yeah, that happened a few times here. Cleaning your house just to like get things out of you later. But Emmet Sulk is like fine, so he Emmet he, ends up giving us a bit. Of ether, well, I mean, we figure out it's Emmett Selk, basically. They, yeah, and, before they introduce us to him,
0: but us. like he immediately pumps a bunch of ether into us so that yeah. we can grow bigger and also have a physical body.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if, if you're a Lalafell, he's like, "Couldn't you have made it a little bigger?" And if you're a Rogadin, he's like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would. <laughs> but if you're not one of those two, he's just like, "Oh, okay, that
0: looks good." My, God, how short are the Lalafell compared to them when they're I like mean, in they're, tiny, they're, like they're, ghost they're, form? They're, they're, like,
1: oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like very small I'm sure six inches tall um they introduce themselves and uh they uh, offers to uh, have us tag along as so we're like hey we're here to see Hermes and he's like hey cool. we're all to see Hermes come along with us and Emmet says this is, we're here. On what the are we government. doing? Why? <laughs> this
0: what, what? Like, like
1: this random <laughs>
0: this this ghost rando. shade with the color of the soul of Azem is just here and we're bringing it with us I to, hate it. Hate on this. our official business. This I, is I, a bad I, idea. I'm kind of with Emmett Selk on this one. What are we, do,
1: what are they doing? <laughs> well, that's what they're doing. They open the door and we are introduced to the lush gardens of the test center of Elpis. It cuts also away to a brief vision of that dang dog and a woman in white. And also some axolotls with a man named Hermes and Twitter.com, the mascot. Yes. (laughs) It's Lodeus gives us a rundown on how creation magic works and how the approval system is, yada, yada. But. Yeah, it's it's, it's just like he's treating us like a tourist.
0: He's like, and over here is the Grand Fountain or something like that. It's just like. Okay. I mean, yeah, we've never been here, I guess. I appreciate you being so accommodating. Okay, so um, whatever, we go, we need a robe so we can, bl- this is this bit's weird, it's we need weird. a robe so we can blend in, so we go track down some fabric, and then we find the fabric by killing some butterflies, but then we don't need to wear the robe at all, so who, uh, you don't have, it's just for you,
1: so okay. you can have the ancient's robe, I, the first time I did, I did wear the robe, but I dyed at hot pink, okay, the fun little the shoulders yeah. too. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't do that, not until Dawn Trail, when they add two, dye channels to the gear and then then they also add leopard print dye maybe Oof, that'd be so good anyway
0: so a bit more ancient lore we get here people normally keep their cowls up and wear masks because that's just good manners but here people keep their cowls down because they're all the danger you need to be, have your peripheral vision uh-huh. and some folks leave their masks off so that you can tell who they are um the, yeah we go searching for hermes which we do the long way because emmet selk and hithlidaeus don't want to cheat by just seeing his etheric signature um turns out we find him really easily, and he's also uh, playing with the axolotl in the pond, yeah. accompanied by a young blue-haired girl with wings coming out of her head and talons on her feet, who attempts to talk to us what appears to be telepathically. Yeah. And my first thought is like, "What well, is this like some Dr. Moreau shit? Like, what is going on here? She's a creation. She is. She, she immediately kind of skeeves me out. I don't know that's the, if that's the intended reaction. I don't... I designing people always makes me feel weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh Hithlodeus is very uncertain about this as well. Her ether is weirdly dangerously thin and she hasn't been she hasn't gone through the proper channels. And she's the pet project of Hermes, not ready for approval, and Hithlo says, "Well, okay, I guess. I don't know." It <laughs> uh, should be to
0: be clear, she looks like a 12-year-old girl. Like she looks like an actual child.
1: Yeah i don't know this is i I guess that's fine we're in the test ground sort of but i don't know this this does sort of seem like a a, a little bit of an abuse of power
0: (laughs) yeah there's a weird diversion here where we need to go find one of the little axolotls and hermes tracks it down
1: and then face plants out of a tree we just see that he's not he's not the most organized or coordinated he's kind of just sort but he he cares a a lot it doesn't make me wonder like how does he have this job He's very good at it, I guess. He's very good at uh, designing things. He understands the laws of nature. He understands how things are supposed to be. And he also never gives up on creations, right? Okay. He he tests things very thoroughly. (laughs) He's a good man and thorough. Ponder, warrant, cherish, welcome, and lives a part of the next group of quests. Um,
0: so yeah. Emmett Selk wants to actually have the meeting with Hermes, which mm-hmm. we're not invited to until Hermes is like, nah, let them in. Medion because- t- really likes us. Medion likes me. Median's the name of the blue haired girl. Yeah. And, um, she likes us. So Hermes likes us. So we all get to go inside, uh, to hang out during this meeting, which is when Emmett Selk delivers the news that Hermes's mentor and friend. The current fan Daniel intends to step down and has named Hermes as his successor. And Emmett Selk is here to basically evaluate if that's like a good idea and to find out if Hermes is even interested in the, in the offer, which to be fair, Hermes is not thrilled about this. It it is a great honor, but also the thing is that like, when you step down from a high office, apparently that also marks your death. Like what you, what you're supposed to do when you step down from the office is then return your soul to the great etheric sea to become part of the wheel again. And he's like, I don't feel great about how, when people leave their offices, they
1: die. Yeah, maybe that's why there's so many senators still in the fucking, <laughs> in the fucking Congress. I think that's what they think is going to happen. Um, when, they, when they retire, That they're going <laughs> to... Um, common wisdom among the ancients is that in man's finite time, it is best spent making it a better place, and when he fulfills that duty, he is to leave it behind. Um, Hithlodais explains that it's a privilege and a beautiful departure... And they kind of do this in a way that's really uh, a little bit, to me, honestly, patronizing, right? And though Emmett Salk chimes in and says, actually, I think Emmett Selk says this whole thing, but whatever. He chimes in and says, although a few chosen have a few have chosen to es- eschew custom, and you can tell that he is trying his best to be polite about that. He's like, that. through gritted teeth, he's like, although a few of them have So it's eschew- very much a society where you're expected to conform to the rules, conform to the fashion, not really... Do a whole lot, <laughs> be, be, think differently, or do anything differently like that. And that comes that includes dying when you leave office. Yeah,
0: we're getting a lot of complications to Emmet's beloved sort of paradise here.
1: And hermit, Hermes, hermit, true, but Hermes pipes up in a way he says, "Yeah, I'm not fucking new here. <laughs> like, I've, like I, like I, I'm an adult person. Why aren't you seeing my point of view? There's like, if you like, there's always more to be done. And what's the like? You can always just." do more what's the point of choosing to end it all when you're like that that seems like the wrong i don't know just that's that that fucks with me i don't i don't love it i don't love that at all and Mideon, uh gets visibly upset when he makes this remark which i think and he asks that we take her out for walkies and i kind of hate this little thing because we because we learned about her but like anytime he gets upset she's like oh you're hurting me and it's like man she he doesn't really get the fucking space to feel his feelings no he does not like (laughs)
0: Hermes Hermes is kind of boxed in from a number of
1: directions but he did this I mean he made her so I don't know it's like
0: uh, this is all stuff that like going back through it now I can see how all the pieces fit together while we were playing it I was asking a bunch of questions because a lot of the Hermes stuff didn't super fit neatly together for me now that I have the retrospective on it I can see like
1: also is very I think I think it's communicated that this isn't really necessarily the best society to talk about mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, because if you're thinking or feeling differently, and if you think that you are not grateful for the, th- you, like you, you might be seen as not being grateful for the things you have just because you are struggling. We live in, in paradise. In paradise. Aren't you... you
0: happy to live in paradise? Yeah. Are you saying something is wrong in
1: paradise? Everything is great. Yeah. 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 Um, so she tells us that Hermes gets sad when he thinks about death and, uh, yeah, I'm on his side here personally. (laughs) I I think that's actually reasonable for, for me as a person. That's not immortal okay outside with
0: medion though um we take her out for some fresh air to help her calm down and she demonstrates actually what what i thought was telepathy early on actually is she can read the emotions of others and she can project her emotions onto them which uh, like which we just interpret as sort of spoken as speech right like her emotions projecting onto us come across as if she's speaking to us mentally she can emotionally she has emotional linguistics Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) And she is drawn to the complexity of our thoughts and wants to be our friend, which, hey, okay, we can be friends, Medion. I feel bad for you because your
1: life feels, seems fucked up and weird. You but... are tethered to this dude that's super depressed and you're an emotion. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it's only going to get worse for Medion, <laughs> I'm afraid. Medion, Medion,
1: You're like, you're an entelechy, and you're like stuck with the emotional vampire of ancient society.
0: And we we learned various other things also, like the fact that Midian, uh wants to eat, but can't because she's not built to eat food.
1: <laughs> Yikes. Well, that's unfortunate.
0: So we head back inside to talk to Hermes, who's like, he's like, hey, look, I need to consider this whole option to become Fan Daniel. So we decide to accompany him on his duties and get a lesson on the difference between living beings and arcane entities, which this is not plot important, at least so far, but it's yeah. weird enough that I yeah. think it's worth going over. Yeah. Because living beings are things with a soul and only things with a soul are truly alive and to have a soul you must quote unquote adhere to the laws of creation but if you are like an animated being that has like that has like instincts and appetites and such you might just be an arcane entity if you don't have a soul and you don't adhere to the laws of creation and that is like
1: so that is, a, that's like, like a,
0: a categorization system. Yeah, kind that, of
1: like 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 Matoya's magic brooms. Right? They there is the, obviously there are laws of creation that they don't abide to. Um, maybe they don't live or breathe. Those don't reproduce or whatever. Maybe what are our classifications of being alive? That those that those things. So maybe those like lightning sprites don't reproduce. Yeah, the lightning sprites is what I'm thinking of. That right? Those, those sprites don't fuck. <laughs> Uh so maybe they don't have a soul. <laughs> if you don't fuck, you don't have a soul. That's just that's just the law of nature. Uh, it, it, it's like, but but also there is a bit of a hint here that
0: like, that this might be slightly more arbitrary than they're suggesting. That like, yeah. there might be some truth here, but also there might be some layer of sort of like ideology or, or, or scientism or something that the ancients have layered over this distinction. That like, it's maybe a bit more complicated than they're making it out to be.
1: And also, it's not like... The, those laws of creation were set in place by nature and not by mankind. It's not like mankind is bestowing souls upon people. It's creating things that then the laws of nature deems worthy of having souls on its own. So mankind is sort of taking up this mantle of judge, jury and executioner in a domain that it is not an expert in because there is still a lot of you know research or whatever to be done. And um, like, mankind as as is starting is starting to execute a lot of things that that nature seems to not be interested in executing right like he wants basically nature to run its course and uh that is i think prevalent a lot uh, a lot uh, but that is i think very very apparent over like later we see
0: that a lot yeah Uh, a question that comes up here is Meteon a living being or a arcane entity? Uh, Hermes doesn't know the answer. The Bureau of Architects will need to decide. But um, Hermes cares
1: for her, I though. That said a little, I think that said a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I think she is a living being, um, but uh, he's not necessarily allowed to say as much because she's not been sent for approval. Well,
0: mm, but see, I, I think it gets messy there because... She's very etherically thin, but if the soul is made of ether, does she does she have a soul? Uh, a soul can
1: be etherically. So ours is also very thin. I guess that's compared true. compared to them. I guess that's true because we got was, shot, we got some shot into the past. It was also it was even thinner <laughs> before they gave us more ether.
0: Um. So point being that we go we go we go meet the first big gobble boy. Um, but we find elpis flowers, which um, this is where Medeon uses the phrase that you used earlier, which they are entelechies, mm-hmm. which are things that are emotionally reactive. Um, Hithlodaeus finds all this very interesting because he's never heard of emotional energy before. And Midian, um and uh, Ahmed Selk just finds this preposterous because, like, you know, um, how could there be anything he doesn't know about? And Hermes is like, no, of course, it's dynamis. Dynamis is the energy um, of emotional power. And it's much weaker than ether, but and this is this is where I first started leaned forward and was like, "What is going on here?" Because although it is much weaker than ether, it represents the majority
1: of the energy out in the cosmos. What is it? Sixty percent of all sixty. It was a specific number, and that's the same. It it is the same number of uh, that is used uh, when we estimate dark matter versus real matter. So
0: knowing where this goes makes all of this so weird. Yeah. Uh, Hermes also has an idea. He's like, "Hey, what if Medion could traverse it?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe we're going to send Medion out into space, and she'll and she'll see something." Being able, able to harness
1: an energy that is emotional and actually, you know, like maybe like uh, like Princess Peach and Super Mario Brothers have a healing spell called Group Hug. <laughs> you know, like that's what she does in in Super Mario RPG. She goes, "I shall cast therapy on you." <laughs> If the new caster class is a therapist, that'd be really good. <laughs> Come on, Dawn Trail. <laughs> Everyone sit in a circle. <laughs> no, not group therapy. Um, okay. So anyway, the um, I, I make a note here that with that, with that sort of imagine what we could do with it, he starts to sound a little bit like Oppenheimer. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit, <laughs> which I think is concerning. Um, hopefully, he doesn't make. Uh, some sort of emotional atomic bomb or anything like that that would suck that's why her ether is so thin though yeah because like because if she had thick ether she couldn't like be made of dynamis it is repellent yeah ether is repellent to dynamis uh i immediately
0: clocked that this is why the final days are happening in spots where the ether is thin they like drag this out as a reveal way later i'm like oh of course that's what's going on
1: yep yeah that's good good clock um that brings us to um their greatest contribution or ether to, and ether to ether. Emmet Selk is upset that nobody deigned to inform him of an entirely different form of energy in the universe, seeing as he's so interested in energy and ether and whatever. Nevertheless, Hermes's interest and expertise in the celestial would be a welcome aboard the convocation. Let me just redirect this back to our purpose. Hey, remember, are you going to do that? No. Nope. Well, I mean, not yet, but given I have a note here, given that we already know he's going to accept, what are they trying to tell us by showing his reticence and dragging this out um and now i think i've answered that question um first off it's a plot device because he's waiting on the response from Medion, <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> to determine whether or not he actually wants to do it. like that's what he's he keeps dragging this out because he's actually wants his the he wants his experiment to succeed um but also what are they trying to show us but like they're still they're trying to i think show us that he doesn't i think they're trying to show a little bit of imposter syndrome here as well I think they don't that he doesn't really recognize the praise, um, and he doesn't really register it because he as like everyone's saying how great he is, but he doesn't. He's very. He doesn't visually like it, not. He doesn't feel very responding great. to that. Yeah, um, and also we get a really good bit of Emmett Selk dialogue that I'm not going to go through entirely because well uh, we're not going to read this word for word. No, because it does depict the entirety of the convocation of fourteen. And it is helpful. It's a helpful reference to understand seats. who
0: everyone is.
1: Yeah, some notable ones, um, of course, as am the Office of the Traveler we know. Laha Brea, the specialist in creation magics, who has brought forth phantom beings of the highest complexity. So he is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate creator, wizard, person, mad scientist, man. Um, and uh, he. So that was kind of his. His deal. Uh, and another one, of course, of interest to us are, are Logriff and Mitron. Um, Mitron specialist in aquatic life, Logriff specialist in terrestrial life and husbandry. So that was kind of, they were kind of paired together in Makes that sense. way. Makes um, Which is super cool. Um, and if you, it, yeah, you, I'm sure if you Google this, you'll see all of them. And there's some, there's some seats we haven't met yet, but we still at least get their categorization. Um, oh, and of course, Fan Daniel, who, um, specializes in the celestial i guess and also the uh the air creatures right so hermes would be really good at that because he's a big old wind lover the uh so we go and check on we have some business to attend to we go to the eastern platform to check on a creation it's basically a gooboo um so we got and basically that one's fine so we go but then we get the run around, and we go check on another one that's not doing so great, and this is more important. the Charybdis It's a flying worm called the Charybdis that we saw a lot of in the sea of clouds but these one guys worm, it's a it's like a worm that was supposed to be like a, a a sea serpent that they made fly for fun, and one of the later generations is not flying so well it's like mutated to be more water oriented, yeah. so they want to immediately revert it because they don't like it changing they, on its own
0: <laughs> they talk a big game about how they're like designing stuff to like fit naturally into like you know a precisely balanced ecology but honestly this is the first of a few of these things we're gonna see where it sure seems like what their actual strategy is what if we just mashed up a couple things that we thought were funny or cool yeah <laughs> I don't.
1: i think they're i think they are yeah playing with fire here but also they uh, uh anyway the <clears throat> sorry yeah so her and what happens when they when the assistant suggests the uh, the reversion? Hermes is aghast. He would rather work extra hard to make sure that it can fly because it's here and it's living. Like nature has given, deemed it worthy to be alive or have a chance to live because it has a soul. And so he offers to transform and fly with it to teach it. You know, the thing all Asians do. Just build a new body around their body and transcend their limits. Of course. <laughs> it's uh also very uncouth, but Hermes seems to not care for society's rules. Alternate plan. Hithledaus has an alternate
0: plan. Yeah. He says, Hey Emmett suck. do you want to summon your sick ass horse mount? Yeah. Instead, and you can just
1: fly through the sky and teach and teach it to fly. He does have that. He does have like a the, the, the fucking Cerberus or what not actually Cerberus, but whatever. It's the Lord of the Underworld bullshit. <laughs> he's very reluctant, but everyone eventually gives in. Once everyone gives, keeps p- pestering him enough. <laughs> he's just the kind of guy you have to say please at three times. Um, very Midwestern. While he's training, Hithlidaeus lets us know. Takes this moment while he's away to let us know that he himself, Hithlidaeus was actually the pick for the seat of Emmett Selk. But he's only got great eyes. He's only got special eyes. He's a terrible mage. And so he and everyone else ever, including the OG Asim, vouched for Emmett Salk, vouched for the current Emmett Selk for Hades. This Emmett Salk is apparently modest to a fault. Yeah, they're having a lot of fun with the ironies here of sort of (laughs) just like
0: knowing where this guy ends up, just doing a whole lot of, a whole lot of like, look at this guy.
1: No. No." (laughs) What? Oh, okay. Well, we'll see about that. The music cuts out when the assistant that before suggests the reversion suggests that we can just make future blueprints better so that creatures without anomalies aren't born. But Hermes gets also really upset at that t- idea, as he should, because that is, I don't know, fucked up. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it,
0: it is fucked up. And I agree with you. Yeah. And also, Hermes, my man, what do you think you've been doing here this whole time? Like the whole project.
1: I think is, he <laughs> thinks that he's more of a, a custodian or steward and just like a researcher and like wants to observe things as they happen and test and and um you know and, and test things thoroughly and prevent as many deaths as possible or as many deaths, like I think he's he's doing i think he understands what he's supposed to be doing here, and I think he's was passionate for this position because he felt that he could do it better, you know what I mean mm-hmm. he's still like in a position of power in this institution, but he's not in like the ultimate position of power and he's not in control of society um and so while he does have authority over. Most things um he's not necessarily like this sort of a dictator dictatorial authoritarian figure who doesn't under who doesn't let people make these decisions on their own
0: i right? guess yeah well and it's like and it's like it's an interesting recurring theme to come up in this expansion between this and the um the Senate back in um Charlian, the Charlian Forum. Like, we've got a couple different instances now of this the story taking a pretty dim view towards like scientific management like i I used the term technocratic before but this idea of like sort of like this institutional scientific power that like makes decisions about life and makes decisions about how life should be organized and what should and shouldn't exist and like it's like it's come up multiple times at this point as like a thing you should not do which i think is interesting
1: i think uh the way i think about it too as an allegory think about it like in education i think Especially at maybe the the secondary level, not necessarily the post secondary, where the like at the college level where you don't really care that much. But I remember when I was a, a secondary teacher, um, like failing your students fucking sucks. <laughs> Even when like the only comfort you get in doing something when you know you have to do it and you try so hard, and sometimes they just do, and there's like things that get in the way, and life just has a different plan for these. This, those kids or whatever but like the only solace you get is that like they they kind of know it's coming most of the time Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make it any better (laughs) um so I kind of I that's how I approach Hermes that's how I think Hermes is approaching this as well where he's like I really really like I'm really good at my job I'm really good at creating these things I'm really good at testing them and giving them as many chances as they can to succeed in life but But I really don't like, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking fail this kid. (laughs) Even though he did bad on this thing, like, there's got to be some other way. And there are those teachers that will go the extra way, the extra leg to do it. And there are those teachers that won't. Uh, And Hermes is one of the former.
0: I mean, and this is only going to come to a more acute crisis because that brings us to the,
1: the Iacon. The Lycaon, oh, L- sorry, Lycaon. I lowercase
0: spell, oh, I guess. The <laughs> Lycaon, yeah. The Lycaons are these other creatures that um were created. They're uh, apparently they're well designed, like they do what they're supposed to do. The problem is that what they're supposed what they're supposed to do is be incredibly vicious, yeah. rampaging beasts that kill
1: everything around them. And so, well, they're meant to right, call the population, and they're doing it a little too well. They're not necessarily, and and I think what's weird here is that they are able to establish motive and threat on behalf of the animals, right? And I guess that's what we do sometimes with animal researchers as well. But they, they're they noticing a pattern with this thing. And I think they're noticing that it's just doing things and it's not eating the bodies and it's just doing them at all time. It's just rampaging at all times of the day when its territory is not at all under threat or it needs new territory or anything like that it's just kind of doing it uh and there's few discernible patterns or or triggers for it so they're like okay we (laughs) we need to we we need to revert this this thing and put them all down um and hermes He's not thrilled about this. Not thrilled, we we of covered
0: we, we covered most of what we learned about this, which is basically just that this whole process of killing things that don't meet standards or that are otherwise deemed unsuitable really, really, really bothers him.
1: And here's the here's the last step that he's installed. And of course, this is why we're doing all this. Um, they reverted the like the, maybe it was as a last ditch effort. They will revert the memories using something called Kairos, um, just in case these animals are like traumatized or something like that. Just in case. Um... And they already performed that test on these things, and it's just in its nature to be uncontrollably vicious. So we have to put it down. And Emmett Selk uh, walks up and is like, Kairos, what the fuck is that? Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> you have we're a gonna, memory wipe device? We're going to put a pin in the memory wipe device.
0: We've hung the memory wipe device on the wall.
1: Hermes says he hates using it, uh, interestingly enough, and Emmett Selk responds, Pastorat the disciplinarian, may wish to have words with you about this. <laughs> and then the quest ends with the line, to
0: man other beings are just things, to be used and to be controlled, like magic. That's what Hermes told me once. Yes. That's from Medion, right? That's from Medion, Which, uh, like, a, again. Because obviously he's upset. Which, again, like, very different perspective on this whole, like, the hear itself Selk tell it, like, what the ancients did was just bask in the glory of creation by producing paradise with these ima- amazing creatures that they just would design. And Hermes has a very different perspective on what all of that yeah. entails.
1: Um, so that uh, Hermes has to go have a one-on-one with this dude, or oh, I guess a one-on-one and then have Amit and Hithlidaeus watch about the execution uh median
0: wants no part of this so we take her away again to um she's like what if we go find one of those elpis flowers to cheer hermes up yeah. we find, find the elpis flowers mm-hmm. and uh, we talk about our dark emotions and how the flower reflected that and median is like wait you feel dark emotions too you have to show hermes because she like her perspective is basically that like hermes appears to be suffering in isolation like he has all these negative emotions he doesn't know what to do with and he doesn't feel like anyone else understands because all the other ancients are weirdos. And so she's like, look, if you show him that you also feel these negative things, it will make him feel less alone.
1: Right. Um, And it's about that time. The meeting is over. We go back and get Hermes. He's, uh, and Medion insists we go to look at the flowers and at her urging, we stare at the flowers and get really upset in our head to make them purple.
0: Hermes symbolically takes off his mask in front of us to kind of bear himself to us and be like, I'm being vulnerable with you right now. And then he reflects on the fact that while he thinks it is good to live for the star and live for a greater purpose, he's still plagued by these doubts about what they do and what his role in it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Hithlodeus says, what are you talking about? Death is a beautiful privilege. And, um, and Hermes is like, it's only a beautiful privilege for a man. Creations that we deem useless, we just kind of discard without another thought after extinguishing them after only a few breaths. So kind of a double standard here on the whole
1: death thing. Also, one thing he mentions about his doubts is that if he, if he even feels these doubts, and of course, that was hinted at with the imposter syndrome, is he even worthy to be in this position of Daniel? If he feels doubts about the death... Uh, the his predecessor stepping down and dying and everything else, right? If he is so dissident to the values of society, why should he be in a position of really, really high power?
0: <laughs> Hermes, my man, that's how you get in. You get in and then you change the system. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you got to break it from the you outside. Mean
1: evil magistrate, right? What do you do? Do you join the cabinet or do you break it in from the outside, right? Uh, and, and, and,
0: and, and a thing that they kind of highlight here is that like the Elpis flowers are just kind of white all the time, which does not necessarily reflect like positive emotions. Exactly. It kind of just seems to reflect this sort of like ambient. contentment. Yeah. Like just like all the ancients are like, so kind of like self-satisfied with their status quo that the Elpis flowers always just reflect this sort of like white ambivalence, which I thought was
1: actually very cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, okay. So the decision is made after that. And, um, it's uh they're gonna they're gonna put him down um oh and so no this cut that out yeah there's an important go again
0: yeah um and then Hermes reveals some things that he has been up to to us Hermes my man Hermes um he wanted to understand what because he's trying to figure out what drives life and what makes life worth living in general what could make his life worth living he wanted to understand what drives the lives on all the other stars out there in the sky, because those all have worlds and people living on them, presumably, and such. So he created beings of pure dynamis to travel the emptiness and go ask for them. And it was Midian and all of her sisters, because she has lots of sisters, and they've already set out. He's already done this. He has launched all the median out into the sky. Yeah, the Meteor. And- Hermes, my man, you just launched a bunch of sentient beings into space and did like my, I was like, did you draw the attention of something out there? Like, did they learn something? Yeah. Hermes, did you tell this anyone was, that you did this? Hermes, this is kind of a big deal. That's a And huge it probably deal. caused the end of the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it probably um seems like a bad idea. It seems like a cruel thing to do <laughs> to those, those poor little, poor little bird. People. Especially given what what we know actually happens. Yeah. um. It uh, seems a little bit selfish, but, uh, and also it's it sort of, now I'm thinking about it, thinking it through, you know, his, his kind of wondrous curiosity was just a front about Dynamis. He he had a clear agenda in making Medion. <laughs> he made the, made them as messengers or as some, uh, as a, as a creature that could actually inter- interface with and travel through space. Which, which, like, and I think there's a bit of interesting tension here that I do think the game is actually
0: aware of. Yeah. That, like, for all he talks about, like you know, all his moral qualms and stuff, he did create a bunch of sentient beings for purely instrumental purposes. Yeah, and like, tell he, he can tell himself that he loves them, but he did launch all those girls into space. He
1: d- <laughs> That's a good line, and it's true. He's a well. What, what, what would an antagonist be if not a little bit of a hypocrite, right? maybe he feels that it's a a necessary evil to figure out the meaning of life. Um, But it's what's done is done at this point, regardless of whether or not, we necessarily agree with it.
0: I, I think he is driven by a personal fixation because yeah. like, because he's going to keep coming back to this over and over of like, why I live and like, and he's looking for a personal answer. It's not nec- even that he wants to bring the knowledge back to like, yeah. enlighten everyone else. He really just needs to know for himself.
1: Yeah. Has anyone else ever figured this out <laughs> ever yes. in the universe? Cause it seems like we're not figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Yeah. That's uh not great. Not great. Uh. But the verdict is in. The seven Lycaonis are to be dismantled, lest they disrupt the natural order. Um, so again, another necessary evil. We get there. Uh, some of them are already, we get to the site and some of them are already dead. But basically we have to distract it and have Hermes take it down with cool wind magic. He gives uh, He gives the, the wolf a beautiful speech about begging for forgiveness and Allowing that wolf to feel its feelings as it dies. Um, and Emmet Selk, in an honestly sinister tone, at the end of it says, Join the convocation, Hermes. <laughs> and he gets a bit angry. Is it? Would it be right for me to do that? I don't know. Is this whole process right? So he's kind of stuck in this job that he doesn't really believe in. He's got a line here where he says, And
0: when the star has reached perfection, what then? If all who are satisfied choose to die, shall we all die in satisfaction? Which is like kind of it's kind of an end point of where their philosophy would seem to head. Things, Yes.
1: If if we are all just living for the sake of dying, why don't we all just die right now? (laughs) If you're once we all get satisfied, once we fix all the problems, are we just all going to die? Right. Like, uh, spoilers. (laughs) And
0: also spoilers. According to this game, the answer is probably yes. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, actually. He's got the data to back it up um so uh he says uh yeah also he says were i to take up the seat of fan daniel it would be tantamount to approving my predecessor's death um so he has his doubts about that because he feels like he personally is killing his predecessor by doing so but if not him then someone else i guess right he still asks to gather his thoughts travels at the crossroads and a past not yet come to pass
0: these are our next set of quests mm-hmm. Um, While Hermes is thinking stuff over, Emmett Selk resolves to continue his observation of the whole thing. So we go to explore another part of Elpis, the delicious yogurt center. (laughs) They... Poetan Oikos. <laughs> you like that one? You like that? It's a good one. It's a, I forgot you put that in there.
1: <laughs> we teleport up to an island above and we are immediately beset by a delightful Spriggan being chased by Land Shark himself. An enormous shark on legs. <laughs> what the fuck? Why did we approve
0: this? It, it, it also, it doesn't look very happy. Like, like, this shark does not appear to be having a
1: great time having legs. Turns out all these ancients are just weird custom Pokemon designers. That's right. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Infinifusion <laughs> uh, Finifusion. It, it, ev- it evolves discourse. and gets second head. Basically, it starts to charge at us uh, while Hithlodeus kind of nerd- nerds out about how cool it is as a land shark. But before it gets too close, uh, it is immediately taken out by a woman in white robes who dives from the sky. A familiar face. Speaking of Pokemon, with. it's Venonat. It is, in fact, Venonat. No, it's Vena. the same woman who graced us with her presence on the ship at the start of Endwalker, at least the same model. So now we, I mean, we know who she is. Yes. And uh, she
0: too, she was the previous Azem, and she did not feel the need to die when leaving her seat, which uh, Emmett Selk is not a fan of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's, they were, they were, they're hinting at that. <laughs> they were certainly hinting that we were going to meet somebody who is chosen to eschew custom in his words. She turns to us and clocks immediately that we're from the future. <laughs> out loud. She says that out loud and we're like huh? because her magic is on us and we've not met. So that's the only possible explanation. Um and I think given that her perception of time is very different. Now, now that we know that we can just look look into time. I don't know. Gonna... We we just we just watched
0: Revival last night and I do wonder if she's got a bit of the whole like perceive oh all of time at once thing. <laughs>
1: Emmett Selk is as incredulous as ever, but it turns out the manner of magic is a traveler's ward, which prevents etheric corruption. And at this point I have to confess something that I think went over your head, but at one point, a long time ago, a long time ago, maybe you don't remember this. I I edited it out of the episode, obviously, but I inadvertently, I think maybe in keeper of the lake, I inadvertently had said that, um, Midgard Sorber had robbed us of our traveler's ward. (laughs) Oh of I do blessing not remember of that light, at all. Okay, good. I was like like my rock got I was like, No, why did I say that? I would not have understood what that no, meant. I know, but I felt so bad at the time and I was like, I can't I can't but then I was like, there's no way he clocked it. And there's like no now knowing more about like how you perceive this game, I was like, he wasn't listening. No, I was <laughs> But I couldn't tell you about it until right now. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. It
0: was really okay. It appears the blessing of light is also the traveler's ward.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's basically just a simple like charm that prevents etheric corruption. Um, and and oh, she's okay. also
0: like, "Well, look, you can't actually know what's going to happen in this timeline. So maybe just start talking; it'll all work out." Now that I'm remembering how this all goes, actually, I think we're back to the Alexander version of time travel. This whole thing does wrap up in a completely closed way that causes no consequences it sure does. in the future. It's great it is great okay we don't change it we don't we don't change shit
1: no um, but we um she she offers us uh she she offers us a, a place to talk without prying ears and um she because they, they really want to know what the heck i'm doing here at this point <laughs> right um she, she's like a convincing argument about us being from the future and we're like fine okay <laughs> She's
0: got a very kind of casual chaotic affect that like I was like oh it's like is everyone with the
1: title of SM just <laughs> li- like a, this just are like they all just sort of like capital L weird capital freaks? T like this <laughs> <laughs> Basically um so once we get to uh not her place but a place that she is renting I don't know her Airbnb um uh, we have some nice tea uh and tell everyone about the horrible fate of the star <laughs> Tell everyone about the final days, about Zodiac, about Hydaelyn, the Sundering, the fighting, the genocide, the assians the megalomaniac who was responsible for the creation of multiple empires <laughs> on our home planet. And they're all uh, not pleased to varying degrees. Emmett Sulk is incredulous. He does not... He's like...
0: I will not become that person. What are you talking about? Uh, yes, Lahabrea B- might become that person. That yeah. makes more
1: sense. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's kind of a nut job. But uh, but me? No. Come on, man. Everyone sells how. Sell, everyone's told you about how humble I am, and it's uh, it's it, they they have in fact done that. Vinah doesn't really question the veracity of it. She knows that if it is true, uh, she did something in the future to send us here. And she has no reason to oppose the fourteen in the present her present time right she has no reason to do that, so she wonders like if this is like that's her biggest contradiction and assuming that what you say is true either the fourteen's gonna fuck up or I'm gonna fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and also we'll see.
0: and also a thing she asked is like so like you weren't sent back to a specific time you were sent back to a specific place it's kind of a coincidence that you ran into all of us here
1: like yeah. like you like really you were just supposed to why? go back to Elpis. yeah why here why did she not send you to the capital <laughs> to tell the capital about this thing why here um so that's that's just really weird uh there's just a whole bunch of holes in our story that we have yet to fill in, but listen, you asked us to tell the truth and we told what we believe the truth. Emmett Selk pops in and says, excuse me, what do you mean truth? This is all, you guys all, this is all really stupid, right? This guy's not some sort of fucking messiah from the future. I'm not a mania and I'm not, I'm not the crazy one here for thinking. So <laughs> come on, why are you even entertaining entertaining this? Also, I, I, again, I'm not that, I'm not a dick and I wouldn't just make a weird Uh, Polly Pocket Amorot for myself (laughs) that would be insulting and terrible why would I do that why would I invite you to come kill me (laughs) also that's terrible I mean when he lays it all out like that I understand his skepticism yes unfortunately it just is the truth (laughs) Um, he begs us to get the fuck out of his sight, uh, and, but instead just leaves <laughs> on his own. He's like, I'll make you get out of my sight by leaving. So Hithlo sa- And Hitler chases after him.
0: Yeah, we we've lost them at Salk and Hithlidaeus on our team, but we've gained Vinah. So
1: yeah, uh, she seems really cool. So She's curious. Um, and wh- when you think about it, she's really the one we kind of probably wanted to talk to the most <laughs> out of all of them. Be- given, given that we know, given the irony that we know, we know that she knows everything. But currently, she knows nothing. <laughs> but at some point, she's going to know quite a lot. And she uh, and moving on, we learn uh, she tasks us to ask around for some info about Hermes from the locals. We learn that he loves flying stuff, and he's pretty much a hermit uh, as a person; doesn't really get out much. Uh, Medeon has also not been subjected to study like the rest of creations, and uh, they don't even know how he's able to create something that can read emotions. Like they don't even know. How he did that and and what ways let alone when he's gonna submit that for approval like, he's- ca- he's kind of he's, a kept genius. The, he's kept the he's kept the blueprints to himself and uh not shared them with anyone and just made this thing that people can't interact with very well.
0: Okay, which brings us to Witness of the Spectacle, which is where we finally tell Vinah about Hermes sending Midian's sisters out into space. And yeah. Vinah is immediately like, I wish you had mentioned this to me earlier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we go ask some questions at uh, uh, the archives, uh, at the nearby archives that are apparently also TARDISes. They stitch together concepts of space um, and, and use them as testing grounds. And we learned that not much is known about them. She isn't officially documented. We kind of went over that again. Um, did nobody but and like a bunch of people saw him do this and nobody seemed to think that was worth mentioning. Yeah, a bunch of and like one
0: person even saw him sending all the media on the media. Yeah. The media into space and like again like did not report it to anyone.
1: Right. Um we uh the, the the first archivist on the ground floor, so we end up going a whole bunch of floors up the archival process. Oh, my God. And but the, the first guy is so passive-aggressive towards Vinat. <laughs> he's like, oh, man, you must find so much joy in indulging your boundless curiosity now that you're not bound by duty, even though, you know... You must regretfully delay your return
0: to the star. Yeah, it's you just, know, it's just it's weird
1: it's... that you're, like, still doing this, even though you're not duty-bound to do it. You're just kind of, like, taking up space for the rest of us. But whatever. Uh, you know, to the rest... Uh, no, well deserved, and then at the and end and long overdue. It was yeah, so well deserved.
0: At the end, he says, I shall rejoice the day you depart on your final journey, which, holy shit.
1: Brutal. So they, like, make living miserable for you if you choose to stay alive after you've fulfilled what they perceive to be your duty. Got society of
0: passive-aggressive assholes. You know, Emmett Silk was right. It is a paradise for him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> While we wait to talk to... Um the the highest there's a there's a higher up archivist that we're trying to get some some time with and she's in the middle of a test and while we're while we wait for her to come out we talk to vena on the balconies overlooking the the entirety of of alpis and vena just straight up asks us what the future is like and we tell her everything
0: yeah and then like and then she in turn tells us of kind of her personal journey to get to this point which we're not going to recap all of it's a very good long speech yeah but the long and short of it is that she came to realize that existence is itself miraculous that reality contains so many improbable things that anything you can imagine is possible um you know um and that she sort of like that that like she says specifically that learning this swept aside all preconceptions of what must be true. And she felt a, quote, presence without, immense yet intimate, which sure sounds like the giant emotional energy that fills the cosmos. Yeah. Um, and then she also felt the fragility of all things. Mm-hmm. And, he- and at the very end here, she asks us if our journey has been good and worthwhile so far. And we actually hesitate for a second. We hesitate and then we get interrupted. Yeah. And it's this little moment of ambiguity that, like, the game... F- kind of it, it, it that, it's a sprinkles little bit of a, these in fourth wall break for you has it been worth it <laughs> mm-hmm. well or even just the fact like that our, our character would not like enthusiastically immediately like not like you know that like
1: the, the like take take a it, moment it, to think it's about it worth considering has this journey really been worth it all has it all been good right um so i and i have a note here that i be- I, I take this what i get from this is that we get we we get the value of understanding how how future heidelin feels about us because of this right we're not necessarily, she's not necessarily, she wants to learn about what future Hydaelyn wants, but really the, what's happening is that we end up learning what future Hydaelyn wants through her. And it's really, really, it's really cool how they kind of flip it on its head. Uh, the, the head researcher joins us and tells us of me, the meteor taking flight to the sky like a shower of shooting stars in reverse. Weird. Weird, huh? Yeah, and also do- <laughs> doesn't have a lot more to
0: say. Like we didn't really learn much okay. more. She was like, and I, I don't
1: know. I'm I'm looking forward to the report on that that experiment that he's c- conducting. It's not a my not my problem. I mean, Hermes is the boss, I guess. You let the boss get away with whatever he wants. <laughs> I suppose. Um, so that uh, you know, uh, we. Vinod then concludes that Hermes himself must have had a hand in the final days, which I don't know. Maybe we told her about the shooting stars. <laughs> Uh, worthy of his back and the flower upon your return are the next quests. We set out for the island that was the launch site of the Metea by way of Argos. But hey, Argos in this part of the time is not into it. He does not want us to ride up, get up on his back. So how about instead of us going to the island uh, because of a, a dang stubborn dog, how about we have a little fight? We're never sparking match. How about with we load off. up some Tekken
0: <laughs> and we fucking fight? <laughs> and and she's like this way Argos can
1: judge your worth, which this is what what very contrived. But why yeah. did you make a dog that judges people's worth based on their combat prowess? All
0: of which is to say that we then get to do basically a sparring match with Vana here. This fight is very cool very it's hard very hard yeah well we did spend like a good i spent
1: a good 40 minutes or so trying to beat I, it on normal i tried to do it on normal as well i did, tried to do it on normal as reaper and it was really fucking hard it was really fucking like you have to go around and like kill all these ads before they get to heidelin and then i did it on scholar and it was really fucking easy <laughs> so i think they scale it down for healers yeah maybe i should have done it like sage or something yeah but it, like po- it's yeah it, it was a little
0: i don't know this is one of those cases where like if, if i had, had been time, playing on my yeah, own i would have probably... probably kept going but i was like oh we need to finish the section i'm, I'm sorry gonna it her. it's okay i was there
1: i wasn't pressuring him but i was like take your time and he was like no i feel pressure anyway i was like okay <laughs> it all worked it all worked out anyway we'd be there in the sparring match we stop all the orbs from reaching her uh, and yeah, cool. Um, she does her cool a cool little limit break on us uh argos likes us now and yeah, argos likes us now we live yeah. Um. We fly upon his back towards the island, which has no research equipment at all or anything like it. It's just this barren island with a tree. But vinah has an idea to peruse the past. Wait, we're not. You mentioned. You made a note here that we're. Aren't we doing that now? <laughs>
0: no, more past. We're going layers
1: back. It's um.
0: So she has the ability to, or, or like we have the ability. She's like use your echo power to perceive pieced together the events of the past
1: from ripples in the ether of those around you as well as from the so ether in the material ether in the world can also have memories yes. much like the material ether of our bodies i guess right um and it can have them etched upon it especially for large traumatic uh, events like i don't know a final days
0: <laughs> but this this is like literal mes- metaphysics shit this is really like you know mm-hmm. like there's a chair no it's a chair
1: yeah, uh, we close our eyes and success. We perceive the memory of the surrounding area and Hermes and Metion are undergoing a test that is to last 108 cycles, quote unquote, um, and we'll know soon what the others live for. So Hermes is probably buying time for those last few cycles. Wonder what answers we'll get from the other life forms. What an incredible, wondrous opportunity to learn about the cosmos and instill hope and inspire us all to do better and value life because there's going to be so much worth living for.
0: Yes, together we may contemplate our existence, bettering the lives of man and fauna. Uh, he promises that Midian will learn so much on her journey into the stars. Yeah, that's a good and thing. And that for her her, th- her homecoming will be celebrated. Um, it was, it was like, With a and gift. when she comes back, she'll she'll get a flower as a return
1: gift because he, she can't eat. She wasn't it was like I I feel I felt I'm so sick of this shit. I'm so tired of binding lives that man has to judge uh worthy or not. Like I he says, so loath I am I to bind another living being so um so like I can't gift you anything that you can eat or interact with here, but I can at least give you a flower. Upon your return, I can at least give you something that represents how I feel about you and how I care about you and how thankful I am for your presence. So
0: our assessment of all this is that Hermes at this point did not, does not want the final days to happen. It's not like he's trying to like bring about the end of the world, mm-hmm. but later on in his life as sort of like reincarnated Fandaniel, he's going to very much wish for the final days and try to blow up the entire world. Successfully
1: bring the final days back.
0: Yeah. So, um, we're like, well, I guess we have another other options. So we probably should go talk to the guy directly. Yeah. Um, and so we head back up to the, uh, the... How do you pronounce this? It's Tysus Hyperborea. Tysus Hyperborea. Okay. Yeah. But it has a silent K. It does have a silent K. Tisis. If you haven't Tisis. seen it written down, I'll leave it to you to
1: guess where the K is. <laughs> uh, it is uh, It is another TARDIS, but it is the size of the Empire State Building. And who should we run to at this uh, Empire State Building apart from Statler and Waldorf themselves? Hithlidaeus and Emmett Selk. Emmett Salk is sort of on our side now. <laughs> not that he believes us or anything, but... Baka. Baka. But because any possible threat is his duty to examine. Okay, sure. Whatever. I
0: anyway. mean, it is kind of like... my pre- Our presence here is so weird that you got to take it seriously as like, okay, well, something is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Even if they're not from the future, like, something is
1: happening. <laughs> and maybe, maybe the implication is that maybe we're the threat and he should be investigating us or whatever. Anyway, he has come to the same conclusion, though, given the ev- evidence and his investigation that Hermes did something with those star girls. Hermes did something with Twitter (laughs) and it's going to cause a whole lot of chaos in the world. Um, anyway, and he also has one burning question though, right? Um, if the celestial is the cause, all this, why would the fan Daniel, why would this Hermes guy who is the, who's your fan Daniel not recognize his own creation? (laughs) Why would he not recognize that he did this and sent uh and sent this off and sent made this experiment happen? Right? Something what, else is something going on. Something is going on. Um I wonder what it could be. Uh which brings us to Hunger in the Garden Words without sound. We're basically going to go find him. And he's in a big carnivorous fucking <laughs> plant jungle, I guess, just contemplating stuff. I don't know, probably more hiding. Uh when we find him, we eventually we spill all the beans. Um and, we, and our chill, yeah, our our theory
0: is that it's a dynamist reaction.
1: Yeah, 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 Um he immediately clocks the difference between the two. Uh the first the so, two eras of time, right? We tell the first such the final about, days, apocalypse yeah, apocalypse. Yeah, we so we include we include the apocalypse and stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, well, if that's true and it's a dynamist reaction, what's happening is that our creation magics are being transformed, and you guys, since you're thinner, are yourselves are being transformed. Um, so, um, he also
0: refers to himself like in talking about this, he's like, yes, of course. Well, we ancients have creation magic. And I'm like, <laughs> what a weird way to think of yourself. It's like, yes, of course I Alexander of the precursor
1: race. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, that's how you perceive us, I guess as ancients. Um, but it is, that is a funny. And like, oh, I like, and, and, and then
0: Hermes finally asks the most obvious question that I've been wondering about ever since we found out about all the dynamic energy out there. Yeah. If Dynamis is attuned to emotions, what's having all the super negative feelings out in space like that is causing to, everything to leak? Somebody has to
1: feel the feelings for them to be feelings, so who's
0: doing it? And then the creepy music cuts in, because Medion says, Greetings, can you hear me? And she sounds like a computer.
1: Yes, the music gets very, very, very tense. I wish you no harm, she says. I wish only to hear your feelings, share your thoughts. May we please be friends. But she does it without struggling at all. <laughs> Then That's she the gets contrast. all
0: robotic and prepares to deliver a status report. And as she gives her, as she prepares to give her the status report, we and we alone are overcome with this horrifying, black, painful impression of like other Medians crying out in agony and fear and asking why do things hurt and why is there hate? Mm-hmm. And then Median just vanishes
1: yeah we gotta follow her and follow stumble went to listen i mean the goal the thing is we can hear her voice still through dynamas. so we have to scout she can this hide for fucking ever yeah she can hide. skip her- through it because We're, time
0: we, we she can hide herself because she can turn invisible because sure, reasons that don't matter she's too thin we spend so much time chasing her down the very little important happens in that process We eventually
1: corner her and then she we we force her to give the report um and The report is that everything she's run into, she goes civilization by civilization and everyone has fucking died or was about to die or maybe was just close to dying and then accelerated into death or something. Yes. The Medians went out into space and every other
0: star they found out there had succumbed to plague or ice age or like
1: warfare or, or or bliss or like pure lethargic euphoria that had no reason to live and just ended up death dying (laughs) yeah like nasty there was like one that was like this enlightened race just ended up cocooning themselves into the earth and became goo (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was pretty gross um so so it's like okay wow we, we what what the what the fuck did you send her to do what question did you make her ask like she's drawing some conclusions here now about how life isn't worth living what question did you have her ask and he says it was a simple question what did you all live for? What gives your lives meaning? It's a perfectly fine question, right? And Emma Selleck's like, no, what if they're all dead? <laughs> Her, then she's going to have to be alone out in the universe making some questions about herself. Do you know what that feels like, Hermes? Of course you do, because you've been alone for a hundred for all this time making questions about the life of, you know, like asking the questions about why is life worth living and as opposed to just living life. Like you've cursed these poor girls into having a singular purpose of answering an unanswerable question, of course all life is gonna die eventually <laughs> I mean that but
0: also like I'm I'm kind of flabbergasted by this reveal because yeah. it is like in terms of a narrative turn for this game to take to have it be like yes and on all the other worlds out there in space all other civilizations are dead is like it's a real
1: <laughs> yes it's, a, it's it's a, a real big bite. morbid sort of it's a big bite and we're gonna get into it more specifically I think <laughs> yes we are but but, but boy is no, it like it's not a big, this episode but it's we, a well, bite move but we will i mean they're gonna they're gonna in retro i will say in retrospect it makes sense (laughs) yeah uh, okay like we'll we'll get there Um, (laughs) you were a little incredulous at this and i was like yeah i guess that is too much to be a coincidence and now i'm like why don't i just say like this makes sense
0: (laughs) hermes's reaction to this is um quite complicated he's like okay well if that's what if all they found out there was pain then we shouldn't just turn away from the pain he did promise that he was gonna hear her out no matter what, but also he wants media. So like uh, Emmet, Silk, and Hithlidaeus are like, uh, we need to take Medion back to Amarrat immediately. We should
1: stop the mission, right, Hermes? And Hermes is like, no, I need to hear the full report. And then he transforms himself into a <laughs> giant, just, just totally Anakin's on us. Like, yeah, right, right, Hermes right hermes <laughs> right hermes no hermes transforms himself into a giant poseidon looking dude yeah. ironically and <laughs> yeah he, he kind of i don't know he's a little bit more compelling than anakin skywalker but still uh he does do sort of a heel turn here and uh values his meteon the 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 security of his meteon more than anything else he transforms in front of us absconds with Meteon, and t- makes for tysis hyperborea and that brings us to our dungeon okay all right Who we got booked this week so this is gonna this is so exciting it's a guest we've had on our podcast before yeah but he has since left his previous vocation and gone into you know entertainment and podcasting and and recapping so oh, i'm really host excited Douthry? no i'm really excited though to bring uh back to the podcast after a long uh, vacation dungeon recap laha brea welcome laha brea Oh, he's hovering in. Oh, he's like four inches off the ground. Yes, hello. It is I, Dungeon Recap Lahabrea, formerly Best Buy Lahabrea, but now I am Dungeon Recap. It's, it's good. Good to, to
0: see you again. There's no hard feelings, right?
1: i Why would there be? No. I guess I, we, I guess I've only killed Similacras. Yeah, I know you, you hundreds didn't hundreds buy my ideology point. back in Episode Three. I wish you had. I could have made a huge commission. And rent wouldn't have been nearly as hard that month, but here we are. I was going to say, do we need to pay you? Don't, can you manifest whatever you need out of, like, what? Well, willpower? I'm getting rand, aren't I? Y- you are
0: getting rand. You are getting rand. I can confirm that uh, Created uh, currency is not fiat currency. <laughs> That's right. Only the government can create currency. Yes. And it has to be printed from, from
1: other ether. Heaven forbid you engage in counterfeiting. That would be so immoral. That would destabilize the economy in a terrible way. Anyway, we don't have time for that. We must recap the dungeon here and I've got your notes. It says you are your dungeon is what the fuck? You went to Tysus Hyperborea? It was really big inside. Oh no shit, it's a it's a laboratory what were you what do you mean this is a dungeon? What are you talking about? This is just a laboratory, not a dungeon. It had like nine different I was biomes. Expecting a, I was expecting a pirate What did you do to those scientists? I know good people who work in... What did you do to this place? Mostly, we just uh,
0: beat up a whole bunch of the creations that were running rampaging in there. You
1: sick son of a bitch. That was a lot of research. God damn it. I'm going to have to fucking work until next week. Anyway, fine. Whatever. Uh, Walk us through it. Yes. So the first one, the first... Touch of, you didn't even write the names of the things you killed down. You just said hide and seek bear.
0: <laughs> it was a bear that plays hide and
1: seek. Okay, great. There's like seven of those. It could have been any one of them. The white one. Oh, that narrows it down to five. Oh, well, I know, I can roughly imagine that it went, it, it created a bunch of snow, hid itself, and you had to follow its hidden footprints. Is that right? We did follow its hidden footprints. Yes, okay, great. Great, cool. The next one is Hail Hydra. Do you know how many hydras there are? This one only has three heads. Do you know how many three-headed hydras there are? And, like, it stands upright. Okay. Did it breathe fire in sort of a circular way or like a triangular way triangular way more of a triangular way kind of like okay great well this one like a cone attack okay cone attacks great 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 so you had to observe the the fire out of its head and then go to the safe zone based on which head was not lit up is that correct yeah that's what I did yes yes we do make sure that when we make creations they all have safe zones and very obvious tells <laughs> saying that out loud now and <laughs> it's really weird <laughs> why do we do that <laughs> anyway uh the the final boss is hermes why were you fighting hermes
0: oh man you got to catch up on the previous like hour and change of this podcast i
1: i will admit i stopped playing
0: after heaven's word man it got a lot better <laughs> what you didn't think my performance was great uh, your performance was awesome. Your motivations yes. were a little hard to, to, to nail down. Son of a bitch! <sighs> I told the director to give me more screen time. Anyway, anyway, you sparred with Hermes before. What's what are, what's fighting him like?
1: He has a lot of wind shit, and it smells really bad. <laughs> Nobody talks about how his wind magic smells like ripe right? beans. What the hell does that guy eat? Is it like just hot pockets only. And maybe a protein shake once in a while? What the fuck is that guy eating up in Elvis? He he does seem to sleep in his office. He needs to have a salad once in a while. My God, that man. It's it's just a bunch of wind attacks and it smells really bad. That's all I'm going to say about fighting Hermes. I don't recommend it. Is there any, any other of my colleagues you've murdered or beat up? Whatever. Any more research projects you've completely derailed? No. Okay, I'm going to take you at your word for it and take my rand and take my leave. Goodbye. Okay, well, that was, uh, thank you so much, La Habrea. Dungeon recap, La Habrea, sorry. He just just floated straight through the wall. Like, uh, he came into the door, but he left through the wall. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. I was expecting him to possess me, but, you know, I guess he floated in. (laughs) That was nice of him to not do that. Uh, I'll be sure to give him a good review. Uh, anyway, yeah, he. Uh, so after we uh, down and corner Hermes <clears throat> for no reason, I just have a lot of phlegm in my throat. I, <laughs> I wonder why. Wonder why. <clears throat> Emmett Selk attempts to arrest the pair, uh, Hermes and Metion, but uh, Hermes has better a better idea. He believes he sort of laments, and he believes that we are on the same path as the other civilizations, especially the ones who are you know reaching enlightenment and that we're all gonna we're all just gonna wish death upon ourselves and that this planet is gonna suck so um for one last chance he begs medion to tell him that there was happiness somewhere in the universe and medion um whose mission was not that (laughs) responds that she still did scour the universe listened to the spirits of the deceased and welcomed oblivion into her heart there the many examples that no matter what people denounced, and even some even denounced time itself, people ended up reaching a critical mass of something that would end up tipping and causing only despair and destruction of their civilization.
0: Yeah, I, I want to talk about this for a sec here. Because yeah. like, it's not just that all the civilizations out in the cosmos are Extinct. Mm-hmm. It's also that like they all appeared to have tried for or achieved some like utopian form or another. Like either they had eliminated war or they had eliminated conflict or they had eliminated desire. L- l- like you know, like all of them had reached some kind of like totalizing state in which they had like seemingly like you know achieved like the, the sure. like like yeah. you know the perfect right. the perfect life and all of them ultimately ended up like it ended up uh-huh. collapsing or they turned on themselves or they were weak and so they got conquered or just like, like right it, it okay. all it all all fell apart and everyone ultimately dies and Medion, the lesson that Medion seems to have taken from this at least as i understand it is that well all attempts to ultimately transcend suffering and pain are pointless and futile so therefore there's no reason to for anything there is to no be alive to yes. and just suffer so therefore isn't it better if everything just gets killed so it can be freed from suffering
1: Right, so she is observing that the only way that these civilizations have achieved that that fear uh, that freedom from despair is from death and so she is uh bringing that despair to us our doorstep. Um so she then what happens is that Twitter turns into X. Um her feathers become permanently black and it she resolves to, her uh, to sort of sing the song of oblivion from the farthest corner of the universe. <laughs> So that nobody in the universe needs to fear sorrow, fear sorrow, anger, or despair. in in essence, she has as an intellect through the mechanism of diamondness become an avatar of, of the bad side of nihilism, dep- despair, and depression itself. You know, there's the good nihilism that's like, nothing matters. Do what you want. I don't know, fucking hit a wacky inflatable tube man and get meaning out of that. You know, there's no higher power telling us that things don't matter. But in this universe, there is one <laughs> telling us that things don't matter. Um, she's made herself that way, I guess. Uh, uh anyway.
0: Emmett Selk here very ironically delivers the line. He says, who are you to decide our fate to decree if we will live or die? Yeah, Which, like... well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who are, who are you, Hermes? <laughs> um, he changes the parties suddenly, the party suddenly and decrees that this actually is going to happen. Uh, I'm just going to let this happen, and also, we're going to forget everything, so I'm going to summon that Chekhov's memory wipe device I mentioned a while ago, Kairos, and um, we're all going to have a fair test here, okay? Um, and you're not going to get the help of a 12,000-year future man who knows everything about the final days to give you additional research. We're going to do this organically, okay? We're all going to met- forget this. Medion's going to go out into space and uh, try to kill us all, and I'm not happy about this, but... This is this is the test I'm going to subject man to because this is the test that man subjects to every animal and that is sophistry as Emmett Salk points out that is like okay not not really like there's a couple of differences here you don't kill every single animal I like <laughs> and like and I still I still find this a little confusing,
0: but I think I have it. Mm-hmm. Tell me if I have this right now. Sure. What's going on here is Medion out in space basically has decided to eliminate all life and bring about the final days and kind of destroy the source, destroy the planet, destroy you know, the universe because destroy the universe because of all the stuff that she learned about despair and everything's better off dead, right? Hermes's perspective is that if we are able to successfully withstand that and demonstrate that we can like survive through it or kind of like you know yes. or, or like like defeat it, then we will have demonstrated some kind of like vitality to life that makes it worth living.
1: Yes, and, and currently there is no threat to Amarat at all. There's no reason. There is no reason to suffer. He's now giving everyone a reason to suffer. Got it. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. I. Okay, let's keep going. I have some thoughts on this like bigger picture, but let's get to the end of this section and recap the actual events that happen.
1: Um well, here is where the time loop begins to close in on itself because you know, once the test begins, uh turns out there is a whole there's a there's a confluence of energies in Tysus and uh through I mean, Vinal chases after Medion. Yeah, Medion escapes, spell,
0: breaks out to the edge of the universe. But she lands a
1: tracking spell on her. Um and then Emmet Selk uh, oh, there's there's a, a bit of tomfoolery here, but Emmet Selk uh blasts a hole basically into the side of the building and Vanal comes in, swoops us, swoops, picks us up, and gets us out on and is only able to get us out because Argos doesn't trust the other two, I guess, you know. Um and before uh we go, Hemet Selk l- looks up at us and in sort of a last hurrah tells us he doesn't he still doesn't believe us. Um, but now it becomes our responsibility to uphold the legacy uh that the ancients have begotten, I guess. Um, which is nice, the nicest thing he said to us thus far. <laughs> we crash outside the building with Vanah and we realize that nobody is going to fucking believe us, but No, <laughs> seriously not. Especially with all the memories wiped. Absolutely not. Um This statement by Vana seems to kind of contradict. like she has a statement here. Um Are we the only ones left to see the beauty in world and in life? Hermes's viewpoint is that the ancients do not see (laughs) the beauty in the world really because we're not suffering, right? We're not actually, you're not, you're not.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if she grasped the the issue at hand entirely. These people
1: are forcibly snuffing out any, any form of life when it starts to mildly inconvenience or not entertain us. Um, So I don't know if that counts as seeing the beauty of life, madam, but whatever. We sent Argos to investigate the situation at Tisus and we see a gaggle of ancients having recovered, and they all make a bunch of wild assumptions about what happened in there <laughs> without giving much of a second thought, vis-a-vis Metion's unstable nature and Kairos just accidentally firing conveniently. And then we get a couple convenient lines here at the end where Hithlodayus is like, there is
0: a theory which holds that memories scoured by blasts of ether are well, restored when the soul is cleansed in the underworld. Well, that's
1: him just repeating the thing that Monta- Montechain said in our lecture. Oh, I suppose, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's just him re, re rehashing the, the idea that is consistent. So now. But man, can you imagine Emmett Selk, 12,000
0: years later, yeah. finally hitting the underworld and being uh, like, oh, god damn it.
1: God damn it. Ah.
0: Well, <laughs> it did happen. He was right about everything.
1: Fuck. Vanal says he will, that uh, Fendaniel will end up blaming himself and he will believe that had he never acknowledged his dissatisfaction with the world, that the Meteor. Would not have been bored to suffer and die and then offer to join the 14 as a welcome distraction. Everything you said is coming into place. And then he will face off against Medion and come up with the solution to summon Zodiark. Kind of all on his own. Well, not really the solution, but to come up the means, the, the reason that we need to summon a big... A, a big. We need to transform somebody into a giant avatar of darkness to protect ourselves, basically. Thou must live, die, and know. Last quest. Time for us to return, and she bids that we make good use of our knowledge, knowing that the final days are on their way and what caused them and where the source of it is. She still has not given up on preventing the first final days from
0: happening. So she's like, look, we're going to make preparations here. We're not going to tell the general population. We don't need panic in the streets. But And I also can't work with the 14 because, you know, Hermes is on there now and he could be an issue. Yeah. So she's like going to just try and find some independent ways to see if we can head off this whole thing happening. Uh, spoiler alert. She will not. Not a spoiler. We actually see her not managing to do it immediately.
1: So no, um, she, well, what we know happens right from Anator. She and a bunch of other defectors. Well, she she and... Um, a bunch of other, uh, her kind of apostles, disciples, they, they end up summoning Heidelin. There's a defector on the convocation, us, um, who does not summon Hydaelyn, who who is instead sundered. Um, and I think now we can infer why we ended up being sundered because I think, I think here's kind of the, the sort of, and we'll talk maybe more about this at the end, but like she knew that we had to be sundered. In order, oh, like uh, yeah.
0: clo- close time
1: loop, right? In order to Future has the to happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, um, yes. A thing she says here is that when mankind has found the strength to stand against despair, we shall silence the song of oblivion. And I am very curious what this game's under- like depiction of finding strength to stand against despair looks like. Leveling up. Well, <laughs> you joke, but actually, okay. But this is it, though. This is the whole thing. Is that like now we're level eighty-eight? The whole thing is that like f- this is a really really ambitious chunk of stuff to bite off like all the stuff with like all the dead civilizations out there and like the like the the existential like you know questions raised by that knowledge about like you know nihilism and purpose and all of it and and i am just curious how well that is going to translate into a final sequence in which we beat something up with a sword like the, the sort of like like that is that that is a a set of questions and conflicts that like <laughs> I a don't magic sword, like the meta conf, conflict and battle as metaphor has gotten them very far in this game so far, and I'm I don't know I am personally skeptical of if us well, beating the shit out of Medion at the end of all of this is going to feel like
1: hooray we did it we figured out how to hope. Are we, do you think we're going to beat them with the sword? Like what? Yeah, I'll, I'll pause a couple of questions to you. It's so, yeah, what what weapon do you see us – you you just see us beating this 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 I, medium with a sword? I, I'm being a bit flippant here, yeah. but, like, this is going to boil
0: towards some kind of, like, combat because you have to have a raid at the – or not a – because you have, yeah, to, you have, have, have to have a trial at the trial end. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and another thing, like, why us and not the ancients, right? Also – sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you know – I mean, do you know – do you no. have an idea of why us and not the ancients? Okay. No, no idea. Well, I mean, the Ancients, what we do see in this cutscene, uh, this is the the Sundering cutscene, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do is that the Ancients just immediately fall to despair. They do not, they are willing, the ones that don't fall to despair are the ones willing to give themselves up to zodiac and the ones that stay behind are just chicken shit. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I have to, now I have to, you know, close the time loop here. Um, somehow leave, I, I think there's some story about how she left a gap in it for Emmett Selk to get through. Maybe some or just like she didn't sunder space or anything, so Emmett Selk was able to get out with a couple of others. Um but, you know, I guess she just knew the time loop. She was just trying to close the time loop, which is convenient at this point. I think there are some of the the holes here in the plot are just sort of closed up by the by way of them inheriting a 10 year old story that they're like, well we decided that Laha Brea Bre Emmetk uh, Laha Brea was unsundered and a leader, right We have to make this work well, we decided that <laughs> you know uh this this whole uh that that you are doing this and not them and that you're weaker than these people or whatever mechanically I don't know so there's a couple of things and uh, the time loop I think still works though there are a couple of things that just sort of fits a little bit too neatly uh but what can you do? uh so after the sundering happens after the the cutscene where she when she is walking and she is eventually more and more drenched with black liquid that was once blood but was censored to keep the game pg-13 is that true yes <laughs> was it previously all red it was all red before jesus christ yeah it's a lot of blood it's a lot of blood she's fu- she's killed a lot of people um she made uh she says basically the biggest thing is that like there's two, there's two lines that are great. No more, no more shall man have wings to bear him to paradise. Henceforth he shall walk. He'll <laughs> get out of the car and you will walk the rest of the way there. You brats. Two, uh, as a fragmented imperfect beings, yours is a never-ending quest. Your quest to find your purpose, knowing your end is assured. To find the strength to continue when all strength has left you. To find joy even as darkness descends and amidst deepest despair, light everlasting. Woof. And now we are back. We're transported back into the Crystarium. We can re- we then we recall her words about the conjunction between her time and ours aboard the ship. And we now we know she will honor the promise that she said she said she will help us. So what the fuck now? Yeah. Like it,
0: it hit me at this end point as we go back to report to Krile and I'm like,
1: OK, we learned all of that. Um, What do
0: we do with any of it?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, yeah, we, we have to we know who the threat is. And we are going to, maybe maybe we'll talk to some minds better suited to solutions than us. (laughs) How do we get to the edge of the universe, guys? It's going to be rough. For the next episode, the MSQ is actually... Pretty short. It's a few amount of quests, so we're going to fit in a Charlian forum. We're going to start a thread in the Stormbuds Discord, as we always do for Charlian forum, that will go up as soon as the episode goes up. Well, maybe a little bit after, because I'm not up at 5 a.m. Central. But um, if you want to join our Discord, you can check the link in our description for the link to the link pop and there you can find all our socials, uh, our TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Um and uh while you're at it, you can give us a, a, a rating and a review. We've seen a couple more reviews come in. Thank you guys so, so much. We Up only have spot-
0: word of mouth, like you know, no advertising, none yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically Tell a friend.
1: Tell a, tell a friend if you if you're if you got a friend who is going through this and needs a companion podcast and likes a bit of sexual humor. <laughs> just a tad
0: we're not that bad we're, we're not vulgar we're a little vulgar <laughs> last little vulgar. episode
1: we started off a little vulgar sometimes <laughs> just if you uh got a got a friend that you can can trust with your life tell them about this podcast <laughs> because you know they won't kill you why did i make this our pitch this is a bad it's a pitch. Compel- it's a not very compelling. It's not very compelling as a pitch. We're we're really happy that you guys have made it with uh this far with us. Um and uh again, we would love to hear from you. Uh and with that, I leave you until the next episode. So until we meet again, born from buds, storn Storn, 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 the- Born a Bun, Storn, the band the- Hmm born from buds <laughs> storm of buds
0: we've been the storm buds baby you know if it's all gets you down i would go watch the movie contact that's kind of kind of an antidote to all of this